time for the <laughs> Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell. He's the Canadian Destroyer, P.D. Williams. Dennis, great choice for uh, for opening up. You got me. Uh, you got. Me. I thought when you when you start off the podcast, you were gonna say instead of saying it's time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast, I was thought you were gonna say it's time. It's time. It's time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. That's why I thought you were going to go with it. But That's beautiful. Uh, a good choice. Yeah. I, yeah. I, the passing of Big Van Vader happened this week. Yeah. And that's – there are very few passings that I get choked up on, especially in wrestling. Like, I, I don't want to see anyone die. But we all had those – our favorites. Vader was one of my favorites through my – my young years in WCW, uh, a little bit in WWF. I don't really remember his WWF run, but when he passed away, Ed, that one really hit me, P. Yeah, I mean, uh, good dude. I, I didn't run into him uh, a lot, I would say. Um, I mean, it, it seems like everybody has a little story they could tell about Vader. I mean, my most vivid memory of him, uh, if you want to hear it, I do. is... That's why we're doing a podcast. Okay, all right. Um, so I, we were, I was in England uh, yeah, a couple months before I retired, and uh, he, was, uh, he was on the show. We were all kind of staying at the same hotel. We had like a bunch of... We were all on one show together, and then uh, after that show, we kind of did the rest of our tour of England all kind of separately. And uh, Rikishi was also on the show, so Rikishi and I take uh, you know the elevator up to our rooms. I think he was on the second floor or whatever. I just remember him getting off first, and then I was up higher, like the fourth or fifth floor. And then, um, you know, obviously our cell phones don't really work uh, in England. I mean, I don't know if they're like that now, but at the time, they, they didn't. And... Uh, the phone in my room rings and I'm like, hello. And he's like, Rikishi. And I'm like, uh, nope, this is Petey. And he goes, Oh, Hey Petey, it's, it's Vader. And I'm like, Oh, uh, hi. And he's like, do you, uh, this isn't Rikishi's room. I'm like, Nope, I'm, I'm the only one in this room right now. And he's like, Oh, well, what room's Rikishi in? And I'm like, uh, he's some I, somewhere on the second floor because I remember him getting off. And he's like, "Oh, okay. Um, well, you don't know what room he's in." I'm like, nah, "No, man, sorry." And he's like, "Oh, because I was supposed to meet him at." And he, he goes on this story about how he's supposed to meet him in, uh, in the hotel in the morning and all this kind of stuff. And you know, I needed to know and talk to him and everything. I'm like, "All right, all right." And he's like, "Oh, man. Well, what, what, what time is it?" And when he said that, right, so I'm, I, I tell the, I, the next day, I'll stop there. The next day, I'm on a show, one of uh, Finn Balor's last show, shows in, uh, in England. I'm telling Finn Balor this story. And I, it, was a, <laughs> it was a missed opportunity because right there, Finn was like, please tell me when he asked you what time it is, <laughs> you said, it's Vader time. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm like, it's such a missed opportunity right there. So, uh, you know, that's my one vivid memory. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Vader was trying to set me up. Like, let, let's see if this kid's got it. Hey, uh, Petey, what, uh, what time is it? Hoping that I'd say, well, it's Vader time. I said, I, man, if I could go back in time, I would say it's Vader time. Hang up the phone and be like, yes, got him. <laughs> if I could turn back time. Exactly, right? Vader so, yeah, time. I mean. He he's super nice, and that that was like one of my first like meetings with him and stuff. And uh, you know, even the next morning, he's like, "Oh, Petey, where are you heading today?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm going to I don't remember Preston City or something, wherever I was going." And uh, he said, "I'm like, where are you going?" He's going wherever he was going, Wales or something. He asks me, he's like, "You know how far that drive is?" I'm like, "I don't know, three, four hours." I'm like, "Everything's like three or four hours in England because it's a, you know small." And he's like, oh, I'm like, uh, are you from here? And I'm like, what? Am I from England? Like, <laughs> do I sound like I'm English? Like, are you kidding me right now? But uh, like, just the just the sweetest guy. So you know, it's very unfortunate and very sad to hear about uh, about his passing. Definitely. Are you from here? Yes, that's why I need my move to Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> Canadian Destroyer. I don't have an English accent, 
Um, all those, all of the above. Wow, that's that's a, that's a very hilarious story. I've never met him, so I don't have a good Vader story. I, I've always enjoyed his matches, and I'm very sad that that's your only Vader story. Um, I mean that's 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 all I got. Like, been on other shows, them, but like nothing that that pops. So I just I remember vividly that phone call. Like, not not too vividly. I just remember him asking what time it is, and it, it was just so <laughs> odd for me when he asked what time it is because nobody calls you anymore and asks what time it is like there's there's a there's a clock every like in your hotel room there's a clock i i mean you you called me like it was just so odd and for somebody whose gimmick is it's time it's vader like i mean man the stars never line up like that and i totally miss that opportunity i mean i i kick myself every day for the past like four years that i didn't didn't hit the nail on the head on one how do you look in the ring back then um, so he was probably, so they said he, uh, 63 when he passed. So he was probably like 59 ish. Um, and I mean, you know, it was an indie show and I think he just did like a run in, ah, man, I'm trying to remember what he did. So, I mean, it was probably nothing much like a splash Vader bomb, that kind of thing. He probably wasn't taking any bumps or anything like no that. Moonsault. Like one thing, what's that? No moonsault. No, definitely not. And <laughs> I wouldn't blame him. I mean, I wouldn't even do it because when you go to these indie shows, you, you don't know what kind of ring to it. You, you've been at one of those. Remember when the rings broke at the one of those one night only tapings at the Diamondback yes, there? Yes. You, you couldn't hit the rope or anything like that. So you just never know what you're going to get um, in a ring. So, yeah, I definitely went through the moonsault. And, you know, a, a lot of these ex-WWE guys, and I'm sure you've been to enough shows to know this. Like, you know, and I'm not bearing these guys at all because they've <sighs> – taken a million times more bumps than i have but like you know you got guys like honky tonk man hacksaw jim duggan you know that that era of wrestling they're not going out there and and yeah right they're not going out there and bumping around or anything like that they're they're doing their gimmick because that's what that was over hacksaw jim duggan saying ho and then vader saying it's vader time you know honky tonk man's doing a shake rattle and roll They, they know what you know what what their gimmick is and what like kind of gets the crowd involved and stuff like that so they're not going out there and, you know, killing themselves and bumping around and stuff like that. Um, although I remember I was at a class show and they brought in Tatanka, who's kind of almost in that same era, maybe a few years later. And man, that guy was taking like back body drops and doing like a 15 minute Broadway with his opponent and everything. And I'm like, man, I'm like, that guy's taking more bumps in the ring tonight than I am. So, I mean, he was working hard, so it, it all depends. But, um, you know, so to answer your question, I, Vader didn't do much. He just did his regular stuff, and you know that was that. A wink, a smile, a hip toss, and collect the check and hit the road. Yep, yep. And it's not like they're phoning it in. I mean, they're they're they know. And like the thing is, when you're a promoter, um, you know, you're like, okay, I'm gonna have these young guys and set up some really good matches on the undercard and all that kind of stuff. And let's say you have eight matches, you have three, four matches before intermission, four matches after intermission. And you know what they'll do well is, you know, you have your first three matches and then that guy that you bring in, say it's like a hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Vader, whatever you want to call it. Somebody from the eighties, early nineties, something like that. You bring them in because, you know, the fans, that's what's going to, like, when you put a flyer up, you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know any of these other guys, but I remember Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, I used to love watching him and stuff. When's this show? Yeah, I'll, I'll go to that show. I'll spend the 10, 15 bucks, whatever. And then that brings the people to the show, like new fans, let's say. And then, you know, they're obviously, you know, I don't expect Hacksaw Jim Duggan's match to be the best match on the show by any means. Maybe he might get the biggest reaction and stuff like that. And, crowd involvement and everything but when it comes to athleticism and like pure match quality it's going to be the other matches so hopefully they they gain a couple fans like that so it's pretty much you know you you get these names you you get the fans involved and stuff like that and then right before intermission you put on your hacksaw jim duggan so then after that you could send you know the fans intermission happy hacksaw jim duggan's happy because you could go right to the merchandise table and sell his merchandise and all that kind of stuff, and then he can go back to the hotel room early if he wants to. So it works. It's it's a win win for 
for the promoter, for the wrestler, for all the boys in the back. It's it's a perfect formula. All right. Now, now that you're done talking about that, we can move on. Oh, sorry. I was just giving you the no, little no. rundown. No, I liked it. I, I'm just we'll, – we'll move on. I'm all honky-tonk man out. <laughs> can, we, right. can we just shake, rattle, and roll on with this podcast? Oh, do you have another pun that you can? I, I was. I'm glad <laughs> you wish you, you had more, right? Yeah, I call, I'm glad you called me out on it because I was tapped after that one. And I was like, uh, "Boy, uh, nope. I'm. I'm. I can try a guitar shot one, but I. I think I'm tapped. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's let's actually start talking with a couple of the big WWE news of the week. Sami Zayn double rotator cuff surgery. He's going to be out until 2019. You know, blessing in disguise. I I kind of think it is for him. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Whenever uh, that's something that the boys do in the back, like you know, say if you get injured or whatever, or or you're written off TV for a little bit, or whatever the case may be, all the other boys in the back would be like, "It's all right, man," because you know you'll be gone for X amount of time, and when you come back, like the fans will be like. You'll be fresh again. Like fans haven't seen you in a while. You get the big reaction, and then you kind of get like not a big push, but you get you get maybe a big push, but you get a push again. And so that's that's good. I mean, in a way, it sucks. I've had uh, rotator cuff tears, and I think two in both of each of my shoulders, so four total, um, and they suck. I mean, how many shoulders? You know, and do you to have? get. Two, two on each, like, I mean, oh, okay. I've tore both of them twice. Oh, you made it sound like got, you had four shoulders. I know. I do have four shoulders. <laughs> wow. Don't don't you see how I'm built, man? I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've talked to the surgeon before and stuff. Like, uh, my last uh, big one was uh, was by anterior supraspinatus, right, part of your rotator cuff. I feel like you're and making he that said, word yep. up. You feel like what? I feel like you're making that word up. No, it's 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 a real word. Look it up, um, and yeah, he's like, "Yep, there's the tear right there on the ultrasound or the MRI or whatever you want to call it." And he's, uh, you know, he there, there's they say there's no form of rehab or any exercises that will repair this. We have to literally go in and stitch it and stuff. And I'm like, "Well, I'm not going to do that. I have wrestling shows coming up, and uh, that's not going to happen." And he's like, "Okay, well, here's your cortisone shot, and you're good to go." And the, I mean, he even the surgeon even says he's like, I would rather do like fifty knee surgeries before I do one uh, shoulder surgery. He's like, they just shoulders they 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 suck to do surgery on because they like the way the joint works. He's like, they're they're horrible. Um, so I opted not to get it, and then I think all that happens is scar tissue builds up, and then uh, yeah, you just kind of live with it. So. Um, it's good that he's getting taken it. It's, you know, getting taken care of. The good thing is shoulders usually you heal a little bit faster than, you know, like say if you like tear an ACL or anything like that. So, you know, hopefully he's good to go for what, maybe before WrestleMania and then, um, you know, kind of breathe some life into him and he can, you know, go on to do bigger, better things. Who do you think this benefits more? Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens? Because, you know, they both... I, it was hot when they were both a team, and then they kind of brawled, and then they're a team, and then they're kind of separate. It's kind of like they didn't really know what to do with either one of them. With Sami Zayn going out, this frees up Kevin Owens to go do his own thing. This takes look. Look at how hot Dean Ambrose is going to be when he finally returns. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, and, and that, you know, I initially thought that I'm like as soon as. Uh, Seth Rollins lost the Intercontinental title to... Uh, he lost to Dolph Ziggler, right, on Monday? Um, yep. From what I believe? Okay. I'm like, ooh, that's interesting that they would do that. And I'm like, oh, maybe, just maybe Dean Ambrose is set to come back and they're going to form, you know, kind of go, go into that storyline where the Intercontinental title... Because that angle, whatever it's going to be, is going to be way hotter. And they're like, oh, we don't need the Intercontinental title for that. So um, that that's why I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they're they're tipping us off that Dean Anger was going to come back, and it's going to be hot when he comes back for sure. I mean, a- any return, whether it's like, you know, you're like a Stone Cold Steve Austin when he used to return, or 
somebody that's kind of like, you know, a mid card. They, they still get a good reaction when they come back because the fans haven't seen him in so long. Do you think Am- um, Do you think Ambrose comes back as a heel? Because, you know, uh, when he went out, the Shield was in full force. They brought him back together. They were going to utilize him. He goes out, and it and then Jason Jordan stepped in. Then Jason Jordan goes out. This could be a very interesting storyline if Dean and Jason Jordan comes back, and then you could really turn. You could really, if you write this right, have Roman Reigns coming out looking good. Yeah, I mean, I would almost do it. Oh, man, I mean. SummerSlam is just around the corner. It's a couple months away. You know, if Dean is set to come back, I would almost have him. I would almost start planting the seeds of like something with Seth and Roman going on. And then, you know, when it comes time to Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, you know, if the the goal is for Lesnar to drop the title and like if his contract expires, if that's a real thing or if they're, you know, if that's legit. But now to have Dean Manbrose make his return at SummerSlam, they do some sort of shield, you know, double team, triple team move or whatever, and the crowd will go nuts when Roman wins because the shield is back. So it's almost like the the win of Roman Reigns is secondary. The shield reuniting is like the primary thing they're looking at, but it'll get the crowd up and, and cheering for Roman Reigns because you know that's what WWE wants. So I mean, that's how I would do it. That's how I would utilize. Dean Ambrose is like his big reaction. I would kind of rub it onto Roman Reigns. I absolutely agree. When Ambrose comes back, I don't want to see him come back as a heel. I don't want to see any of the three members of the shield turn on each other. I've said it a million times on the podcast. You have one more good, believable time to make me believe the shield is back together. And then it becomes a novelty act, depending on how you end this run. It's been perfect so far because they didn't turn on each other. You had an injury. They kind of go their own separate ways. When one gets kind of bullied on, the other one comes and helps them out. And that's how I feel like the Shield should always be from here on out until you you make the conscious decision that it is done, and then you can have someone turn on the other. Because it's not believable if one turns on the other, they get back together, have a run, then another one turns on each other, then a couple of years later, they get back together. To have it like this is perfect. And that's the only yeah. believable way the crowd will, you're correct, will get behind Roman Reigns is if the Shield beats Brock Lesnar, not Roman Reigns. Yeah. No, that you're, uh, yeah. I mean, I this is probably one of the few times we agreed on something like 100%. Like we both feel, and you remember when, uh, like when the last Shield reunited, like the last time they reunited, people were cheering Roman Reigns. Like I didn't think. Remember, I was against you. I'm like, I don't think they're going to cheer him. I don't. I don't think. And I was wrong. I'm like, wow. I guess they are. I mean, just because they're so happy the Shield's back together. Um, I, I was amazed. Yeah, I came back to wrestling because I I stopped watching for a while. I came back to wrestling. As the Shield was self-destructing. I believe it was that night or two after WrestleMania. Uh, I don't remember which one. I caught one or two episodes of it when... Of of WWE when... Uh, uh, Daniel Bryant was part of the Wyatt family. I didn't even know who the oh. Wyatt... Yeah, I didn't even know who the Wyatt family were at that point. Because I, I had totally disconnected. I was in full... NFL, you know, all year round kind of mode. So now when I came back to wrestling, I have to catch up on all these guys and in their history. And so to catch up on the shield after the fact, I, I liked it that I got to watch them back together. Yeah. And, you know, and it's always fun. It's, it's funny that you say that where you're like, you came back to wrestling and had to catch up. I mean, sometimes I wish I took like years off of watching or following wrestling and not know anything that's going on and come back and watch it. Cause then you go back and watch more things. Like I remember I, I did that. Oh, I don't know. Like 25 years ago, I, I kind of stopped watching wrestling for like three or four years. Cause I was at the age where it wasn't cool right before the attitude era. And then I, I had no idea what happened for those like three or four years. And I had to go back and watch. And I like, 
it, it, it's fun like that you have to like relearn like who, who's this person who's this person this storyline all that kind of stuff that's interesting i i love doing stuff like that maybe we should take a break from wrestling dennis what do you think uh, it may no, it's hurt. not that's not, not okay right. it but may I, hurt yeah. the podcast we would be yeah. like it would be a reminiscent podcast where we just be like do you remember that time you let me go backstage at the impact tapings that i wouldn't shut yeah. up about it that's yeah yeah and then you'd be like, you told that story already, Dennis. I'd be like, there's nothing else to talk about, Petey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. All right, let's uh, shake, rattle, and roll on to the next thing. Ho, ho, ho. Touche. Well played. <laughs> uh, by the way, I did get an email from a fan that says they it always throws them off when I call you Pete on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see that. You know, Pete. Obviously, my, my birth name was Peter. I mean, that, I think that'd be even weirder if you call me Peter. Um, but I picked you know, that up it's, from your wife. Uh, yeah, I mean, my wife's not going to call me Petey. Like, she's not, hey, Petey. Like, no. I mean, that's that's, that's ridiculous. And, and a lot of people call me different things. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. There is a couple people that call me Peter. Um, I don't know if they're trying to be funny. Um no, Sanjay doesn't call me Peter. There's a couple of people that call me Peter in wrestling. Um, Alex Shelley calls me PJ, which is uh, since I'm like like Peter Williams the third in my family. Um, I, I told them like you know when I was growing up, since my dad and I were in the same household, we're both Pete. They would call me PJ like John's my middle name, so PJ for short. And ever since then, Alex Shelley has always called me PJ. So, dude, um, that's yeah, I know, right? If you turn heel, you should, uh, you should drop PD Williams and just go, it'd be a complete EC3 ripoff, but you should be like PJW3. (laughs) I I could be because I actually am. I know that's why I I said uh, it. I I think that would be uh, awesome. Well, I remember Raven used to always say, like, because I was Petey Williams, always a bad guy in Team Canada and stuff like that. And he just looked at me and went, eh. He's like, uh, Petey, no, Petey doesn't sound like a bad guy's name. He's like, I, I want to cheer for a Petey. He's like, you know, you should be like a Peter Williams. Like, just just go to Peter. That sounds more. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I guess. Like, we can do that. Like, it does. And, and Raven always tries to help and stuff like that. It's just like, I'm like, uh, dude. I'm the wrong. Talk talk to the office. Don't 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 talk to me about it. If they want to switch my name, they can switch my name. That that does actually sound like more hillish as Peter. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like when uh, uh, Bobby Roode, you know, after he switched off from Team Canada, he still went on as a heel, but he was like more like Wall Street. I have money, all that kind of stuff. And they they switched his name to Robert Roode because Robert sounds like more of a bad guy than Bobby. Like a Bobby, a Petey, a Mikey, all those like with an E at the end, like the Y. That sounds like a guy you want to hang out with, like just a buddy, you know? You don't really want to, like, boo that guy, right? I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, on last week's Dougcast, I asked James Ellsworth this, and I thought I would ask you this. Do you remember the, the first time you went into a locker room and you realized that people's gimmicks were not who they really were? Do do you um cuz he he said it took him about I don't know 4 or 5 maybe 6 shows before he realized, you know, I don't want to use Sandman as an example because I think that is who he really is, but like, you know, let's just say he went backstage and, you know, the APA were back there. I'm just making this part up. And, you know, Yeah, of course. You know, he, John Layfield wasn't really a biker, he was more of a Wall Street guy or a Wall Street guy, vice versa, to a biker. Do you remember walking back and seeing your first big superstar going, wait a second, you you don't grunt because you're, you know, Umanga or whatever? Um, oh, man, that's a good question. I know. That that's is a really good question. why we have a I mean, podcast. Rem- yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember the exact point. I remember, like, meeting Rhino, um, but I, I might have read met him before i actually was at a wrestling event backstage because i trained for a little bit but rhino wasn't like a like a man beast you know like he's like rhino is like funny and always tries to make jokes kind of like how he is with heath slater Mm -hmm. like 
you know how he does like those funny quirky things and that's how that's how he is in real life he's not like the the way he was portrayed in ecw and stuff um i remember like seeing sabu and you know i think a lot of people could say when they first meet sabu and they're backstage with them like they're kind of afraid of him because i'm like dude i don't know is he crazy like that in real life like he kind of acts like that he keeps to himself backstage and you know it just seems like he's so out of control and it took me like a while like uh, many many shows with sabu before he like opened up with me and like just you know was like uh, just shot the breeze and gave me the bro hug afterwards and stuff and then i'm like oh sabu's a regular dude like not not really but you know like he's he, he's i shouldn't say normal either because he's not really normal but not even close you know i'm like he's he, he's one of the boys i guess you could say like there, there's nothing to be afraid of um so I, I no I don't know man I really can't pinpoint I, like I, I knew off the bat like right away like oh Rhino's not really a man beast and you know this person's like like Father Jim I believe like he's not really the devil he's like a really laid back guy and stuff like that and um, so I mean it was it was pretty quick I, I would say like I can't pinpoint the number like James did though do you remember? your first backstage autograph not like you know as a fan oh. going to a show but as a wrestler maybe even established that you see the guy, one guy that you had to say hey, you know what i kind of have to get that guy's autograph um i don't remember autograph because i don't you know what i've only asked for one and it wasn't even for me it was for my buddy i only asked for uh one group's uh autograph while i was uh, a wrestler i've never asked for any who, who is it i did ask for um it was icp so i was on a show with icp um and my buddy who has been to his, their concerts and stuff i think he was my was he my roommate at the time no not yet uh but he was a buddy of mine i, I hung out with him and stuff and uh i said yeah i'm gonna be on a show with icp because i think he was talking about a concert he just went to up theirs and He's like, oh man, can you get my, uh, my, my, my tickets, like my, you know, the concert tickets signed. And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this from Scott. Cause I know that's a rule like backstage, like you don't ask, you don't bug the boys for an autograph. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and, and that's just not me. So I'm like, eh, but they're not really wrestlers. They're more of like, you know, like you're trying like to justify it or yeah, and I'm like, you know what? If I do it when they're like not busy and not around Scott or whatever, um, and they don't seem like they're doing anything, I'm sure they wouldn't mind. I'm like, I'll just bring the tickets just in case. And I told them, I said, I'll try to. I'm like, I really can't do this, but you know, let's see what happens. And then I saw them; they were abs- they were doing absolutely nothing. And I'm like, hey guys, I'm like, uh, you think you could sign these for my buddy? And they're like, oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Take them out, sign them. They both sign them. I'm like, thanks. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if Scott like walked in at the tail end and, uh, oh man, he gave me so much crap. He's like, what did I tell you about doing that? I'm like, uh, the one time I do it, I get caught. And the only other time I asked for a picture was, uh, um, I was really, uh, early in my career. I was only like a few matches in and we were at like out of Windsor show and they brought Jerry, the King Lawler. And at the time he was like, you know, like it was just past the attitude era. He was still doing commentary with uh, Jim Ross and stuff. It just, he was allowed to do indie shows because he wasn't under talent contract. So it was a really big deal to get Jerry Lawler on your show. And I asked for a picture with him, you know, and uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, and we took a picture. And um, yeah, I think I might still have it somewhere, but I mean, that was really cool. I'm like, oh man, that, this is awesome. Um, and that, yeah, that was the only time I've ever really taken a picture and or asked for an autograph that's it i'm not a big autograph guy anymore I, yeah i yeah. don't you know getting into the you know the media industry i i've realized and at a certain age here's my problem at a certain age you become 40 years old and how, <laughs> how do you how do you go to a 23 year old and go will you sign my piece of paper for me <laughs> dude i i know and i think, i don't know if you were at this show but i, I did uh were you at that show that rhino put on no uh, no uh, no okay he put on a show and then a guy came up to me uh we're doing autographs he's like hey Petey, will you sign uh 
you know, these trading cards for me. I'm like, sure. So I sign whoever he had, five, ten of them, I don't know. And then he goes, here, I'll give you these. And they, at the time, uh, Impact had um, different series of cards. Like, uh, what were they? But like Your abs. Like, like, this is, yeah, the one with my abs, right? It was called <laughs> a muscle ink. So they had, like, different pictures. Of, and he's like, here, I'm just going to give you these. Because, like, from a man to another man, uh, like, seriously, me being whatever age he said he was, it's like, ah! <laughs> sorry you okay my dog uh yeah no <laughs> my my dog your dog's um, really interested in the story huh yeah yeah he's like that's not how it really goes <laughs> um and uh uh yeah he said as like a grown man he said i said i cannot ask you to sign uh like a picture of your abs like i, I just can't do that so here you go they're yours so thank you to him because then i ended up selling them so i mean that, that was great you have that one card left, and I keep begging you just to give it away. Just do something with it, because I'm tired of seeing that one card at every GD show I go to with you. I might um, I might buy it from you, have you sign it, and just give it away. So I never have to see the, <laughs> the one picture of your abs on a trading card again. Yeah, I mean, I got to do something with it. I, I, give it to sometimes a kid. I legit... Give it to I, a kid. But sometimes I legit forget to take it out of, um, you know, my bag because it's like stuck in between other pictures. And if I remember, I'm like, oh, what's what's this? It fell out. Oh, I, I forgot I had these. So if if grocery know. store Derek is listening, please buy that stupid card off of him. Finally, <laughs> so I never have to see it again. Like that card, for whatever the reason, is like the bane of my existence. I, I look. You'll hang on. To, to a stupid action figure that kind of looks like you and won't sell it. But you'll take that stupid trading card <laughs> to every show trying to hawk it. Like, you know what? You're getting into Virgil territory here. No, not even close. Because I, I don't care that much. Like I said, sometimes I forget I even have it in there. Oh, I don't. Like, if I'm I don't. pulling it out and it falls out, I'm like, oh. There it is. I don't. I see that stupid card every time, and I'm just. How many times do you remember me going? What are you doing with that? Still, I'm just waiting for someone well, to buy it. Do you know why? Because uh, every time you're at a show with me, you're like, "Hey, where's that picture of the, the card with your abs?" I'm like, "Oh, thanks for reminding me. Let's get it out." Stupid. Picture. So you're the one that remembers. <laughs> stupid. You want damn TNA for making trading cards of your body parts. What the hell were they thinking? I hope whoever came up with that idea is no longer employed in the wrestling business. Uh, funny you should say that because it was Ross Foreman. He's our PR guy um, <laughs> that hooks us up with the conference calls and all sorts of hookups. So, Hi, Ross. Um, Great job with those yeah. cards. <laughs> I think those were a genius idea, honestly. I mean, I was just telling Pete. You were just the, kidding, right? Yeah, yeah, you were just kidding. I, I was just okay. telling Pete the other day how much I thought those cards were innovative. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Oopsie, Ross. Yeah, don't tag Ross in this uh, this podcast. He doesn't even sure. he doesn't even know we exist. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, he does. He definitely does. Does he's not listening? We should probably tag him now on this. <laughs> he get he get a. You know that he used to work for WCW back in the day when they were hot. Like when you used to. Uh, um, I didn't. And we used to watch him and stuff like that. Yeah, he's just been in the wrestling business for. A long, a long time. Wow, he must yeah. he must have been the one that came up with the Sting Ab shirt. <laughs> must have been. He's got a thing for for body parts. I guess I don't know. This is this is all speculation. Right <laughs> oh, um, stupid man. card. Not that the, the yeah. You know what? I'm sorry, Ross. The card itself is kind of you know. Maybe if you had a huge female following. But you're handing out trading cards of Petey Williams abs to young boys. Um, well, not necessarily young Ex- boys. It could be boy, grown men, boy. like that one guy that asked me to sign the card. I mean, that's that's a grown man right there. And I, I mean, a lot of man. I tell you what. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to merchandise, it seems like more grown men ask me to sign like merchandise than than kids. Like kids, kids nowadays they don't. They don't collect like like you and I used to. Like I know I still have a box full of trading cards, like you know hockey and football, all that kind of stuff. Like kids nowadays, 
they're just it just seems like they're on the internet or playing on their phone or whatever i mean i don't i don't really think they collect cards or whatever i don't even think that's a thing anymore you know i remember going to in wcw back in the early days their sound studio was called center stage and you know they were they'd always give tickets and it would it would probably have been the size of the Windsor Impact tapings. You know, a couple rows, mm-hmm. black everywhere of fans just cheering, and they're taping for their Saturday night show. And I remember coming around the corner and, and seeing Sting and Lex Luger walking together. They're shaking hands, and we were with the Boy Scout troops, and... You know, oh my! And I remember Lex shaking my hand. And I'm like, I'm never washing this hand again. I still haven't. I mean, you know, but yeah, it, it it so you know. I still remember that, and I still get that feeling when I go to the shows and I see some of these guys, and I'm just like, okay, Dennis, play it cool. You're PD's friend. Yeah, and I mean, I get more excited. I mean, wrestlers are are, are, are one thing. But you know, I get more geeked out about like you know, the 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 D'Angelo Williams is like mm-hmm. the wrestling business. They they've made their success in like other you know careers and stuff. But they're wrestling fans. Like I I, I get a huge kick out of that. Like when we were talking to David Arquette last week, and we we're asking like you know about other people that watch wrestling and stuff. like I I man. That I get a huge kick out of that because it goes to show, like almost like a mutual respect. Like, yeah, I enjoy what you do, but you also enjoy what I do, and we're just like fans of each other. So, I mean, I, that, that's great. I love that stuff. Let's move on and touch on a few more things before we wrap this up. Uh, one of the big questions we've been asked is, "What are our thoughts on the big cast firing?" I, I think it's good. Um, I, it might be good for big cats if. If you believe the rumors about him drinking on the tour and having a bad attitude, uh, you know, I don't know if he has a problem. This is all hearsay, but I've I've been in those situations where you are in a place where where you might have a bad attitude because of a situation where you're not happy or you go to a party and you might have a couple drinks because you don't really want to be there. So I can see uh, you know, uh, and it didn't look like it was a good situation for Big Cass. They, I don't know if they misused him, but they didn't have anything for him, and he still needs to develop a few more skills. Will he find those skills on the indies? Will he become, you know, Adam Rose, who essentially goes out to these things as a washed-up performer and lives the same gimmick every day and charges people 20 bucks to be Rosebuds at indie shows or company into a ring? Or will he be somebody like, I don't know, maybe you say Shelton Benjamin or uh, Drew Drew McIntyre. Perfect example where you go out there, you use this opportunity to grow, develop, redefine yourself, and then you come back. It's it's too early to tell what he might end up doing. Um, yeah, I don't, and I don't know if it's just like the drinking that, but like if you have heat with a company. Uh, it's bad. Like you got to remember when guys like Drew McIntyre left and like Sheldon Benjamin, um, they, they weren't like, you know what, you're out of here because you have so much heat. And it was just kind of like, you know what, they were more like, you know, we're we're, we're kind of done for now. And I think they told Drew McIntyre they're like, you know, go out there, uh, you know, get some more experience and stuff like that. And then, you know, if the door opens, the door opens. So they almost like when, when they all, when they left, uh, the door was open and Jamie Noble did the same thing. I think Jamie Noble, uh, back years and years ago, they released him. I think it was like a, like a drug violation or something like that. And he went out, became ring of honor champion, did this, all of the PWG stuff and all this other stuff. And then they brought him back because they, you know when the door is still open when you leave. Like you, you can feel that. I know when I left Impact, they kind of said, you know, go out there do your thing, and it wasn't a shut door. Like we're releasing you because you have heat. So will you ever see Cash back? I don't think so. But again, this is pro wrestling, so anything could happen. He could be a huge star out on. Like he could be like the like like Cody Cody Rhodes. You know, like what he's doing now. Um, I, I don't see that happening, but. Um, I, I think the door is closed with him. He just had too much heat, 
And I disagree. And it, I, I, I disagree with you on this one. Oh my gosh. Okay. I think right now the WWE is is salivating to get their hands on him. Uh Kenny on Omega who? on Cody, Kenny Omega. No, no, no. no. Young... I was talking about Cass. I wasn't talking about Cody. Oh, I thought uh, you they, were they saying would, they Cody. would bring Cody back in. Yeah, oh, okay. definitely. I was talking about Cass. This is all about Cass. I think I'm they... just using Cody as an example of oh, like okay. you know, he went out and established himself, but the door was open for him to come back. I think the door, listen, this is a new style WWE over the last 10 years where you could have gone in, punched Vince McMahon in the face, <laughs> it peed on his desk, you walked out, you know, you hear the words, you're never ever coming back here again, you're tearing it up on the indies, and they see that, and they'll be like, you know what, let's bygones be bygones and let's make some money together. You know what? That that's true. If he's tearing it up on the indies and making a name for himself and all that stuff, then the door would probably be open. I mean, he'd 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 probably have to be more humble in his approach and stuff. Like th- they would probably have like you know like a pre-interview with them, like kind of touch base and stuff like that. Kind of, well, what are you up to now? And see how he approaches it. If he's like more humble and you could tell he's he's changed, grown up, matured, all that kind of stuff, then yeah, the door would be open. But I mean, sometimes when you look at like, uh, you know, football, anything, you know, if if you're, if if you're like an an a hole, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're not going to be on that team. We don't want that like to rub off onto the rest of the team. Like, it doesn't matter. So he'd have to mature as a wrestler and as, you know, uh, as a person as well. Uh, let's wrap this up. We got a couple questions and two more uh, subjects we want to hit on. Uh, good from Michael sent a bunch of things. Uh, all in 2018 broadcasting rights. It sounds like that they did find a way to either stream it or I pay per view it or pay per view all in, which is genius. I think that was something we all knew was coming. Right? There was no way they were putting on this, although. And I think it's only because they sold out so quickly that they're putting it on iPay-Per-View or any sort of streaming. Let's say they sold 8,000 tickets. I don't think you see streaming rights until they sell out. Um. Well, I don't know because I've seen – I've been in events where you know it's not sold out. But they still put it on iPay-Per-View because you can have people in Germany or whatever or nowhere near like let's say New Jersey – that might want to watch this and stuff. So anything that they can, you know, anything that could possibly uh, increase the revenue or whatever, they're going to want to get a hold of. I mean, it just this is so huge that I think this would have a huge buy rate. I mean, it has a huge, uh, you know, ticket sales. I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't have big buy rates as well. Well, the only way I say that is because this started out as a challenge to put butts in the seats, not a show to make money i i did now don't get me wrong the the whole motivation behind this is to make money but it started out as can we break this record i don't think viewing rights were even a consideration until they hit ten thousand seats because um yeah do you see I mean, what i'm saying why why give someone else another option right away not to come to chicago it's almost like you know going to a baseball game. Well, why do I want to pay for the ticket, yep. the gas, um, you know, sitting in the stands, the beer, the the hot dogs? Now I got to buy my kid a stupid foam finger and wave it in the air, and it's not going to be until one or two a.m. until I get home. Oh, by the way, I may have to get a hotel if I'm coming into town for that. I'll just order it for. Twenty four ninety nine on iPay per view. You are you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yep. With no, I you're... agree with you on that. Yeah. No, strategy wise, they did the perfect thing. Oh yeah, we're gonna do a live show. Didn't mention anything about is this gonna be streamed anywhere? They sell out. Okay, now what? Now now we're at our our capacity of how much money we can make minus merch sales or whatever. But okay, what do we do now? Oh, let's stream it. You know, and you know what they should do? Their goal before was ten thousand seat arena. They should see like, oh, can we get hundred thousand pay per view buys? That I mean, that and then people guess what? Because they want to. Right now, the indie scene's so 
like against the mainstream or whatever you want to call it. It's almost like an underground scene. It's like, yeah, we'll show that an indie show can do a 10,000 seat. We're out. We're, we're with you. You know, like we're, we're in this with you. And the fans are in there with like the, the young bucks and Cody and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, Oh, can we do a hundred thousand buys? Fans are gonna be like, yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna show the WWE or the mainstream or whatever that an indie show could do a hundred thousand buys and all that kind of stuff. I, so I think they 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 set up more goals to see if they can achieve them. Uh, Ring of Honor losing the Madison Square Garden date. You and I had talked about what kind of a coup it was for them to get this date. Now it looks like the WWE flexed their muscle and Ring of Honor yeah. lost that date. I am I'm disappointed. I get. You know, this is old school WWE at its finest, where you go in and you rob a territory or you lock a territory out of dates in certain venues and and basically strangle their cash flow until they disappear and wither away, or you take their big names. This right here, with what you saw with Ring of Honor, that's, what would you say, 1980s, 1970s territory rating right there. No, it's it's actually current stuff because when WWE has these markets, um, let's say like Joe Louis Arena, for example, just because we live in the Detroit area, so we know Joe Louis Arena and then it, we know the other venues around it. But uh, Joe Louis Arena, uh, when they sign on with WWE, they have a, like a mutual contract or however you want to call it, where no other wrestling events uh, can be at Joe Louis Arena. So it's kind. Of, so I'm surprised because if you're at the Madison Square Garden, you have an exclusive like contract with WWE. I don't even know how Ring of Honor first got the Madison Square Garden in the first place because the contract would state that hey, we only use WWE, and that's why like I remember when Impact came to uh, the Detroit area a couple times. We first we were at the CompuWare Center where one of the junior OHL teams played, and then what did we do? We went to the Palace of Auburn Hills. And WWE doesn't even like running the Palace of Auburn Hills because it's so big they can't fill it. Um, but at the time, it, we, we got a good deal through Impact, so we just were like, yeah, we'll do it. We won't fill it. We'll just black it out. Big deal. Um, so Joe Louis Arena is like the Detroit one, but they have that all over the place. So that's why you'll see, like, um, I don't think WCW ever ran in the Joe. That's why they always ran at the Palace because mm-hmm. there's, a, like, exclusivity contracts. So I don't even know how Ring of Honor got Madison Square Garden in the first place. I really don't. That's that's interesting. Maybe a loophole or, or an open I, date. It must have been, or maybe they thought they had a working relationship. Um, uh, or maybe somebody gave the okay, but then somebody higher up was like, whoa, whoa, Ring of Honors. Uh, it's a, I don't know. It's something weird happened. That's all I know. Let's see here. We got a couple more questions before you wrap this up. Um, where is it? Someone wants to know, uh, WRIM, Rim, Wim wants to know, did Sanjay Dutt ever say he's sorry yet? No, and I'm not expecting it. Um, that's management. They're not going to say sorry. I mean, and even if you notice, I mean, I watched this week's impact. Um, I'll get a copy of it beforehand so I can, watch it uh i mean you mean it's not there was there was not there was not even well no it's taped we've already established that (laughs) um but uh i just i just don't know everything that happens because there's a lot of backstage segments and all that kind of stuff so um there there was no even mention of my name i mean it showed uh, killer cross beating me up again but you know if you really want to put him over as a heel you know even more like commentators should say stuff like, you know, uh, Petey Williams was just trying to like, you know, stick up for the locker room, get to the bottom of this, however they want to put it. And there was no even mention that it was like, Oh, he beat up Petey. Let's just focus on killer cross. Why is he here? And I'll tell you what, killer cross had a good, like little, uh, promo package and stuff. And it's, it's very, he, he's going to be a star, but if you want to put more sympathy on him, like, you know, so there's a lot of things I would do differently. Um, if I were in control, that's if, all I'd say. And no, no apology. Wow. If if only we could have Josh Matthews on the show. Oh, wait, we can. Oh, we can have him on the show. Oh, we're going to have to. When, when, when are we booking this? I'm leaving this one up I to you. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get a hold of him. Can, can I, can I we'll say get something? This done. Uh, you look at 
the guests we've had, and maybe one you've booked? Um, Uncle Jeff. Nope. Frankie. I, no, no. I oh, got, no, you reached out to Uncle Jeff, but then I you finalized got, the deal. Yep. <laughs> you got okay. credit for it, by the way. He's like, yeah. Petey, I'm glad that you set this up. I'm like, hey, Uncle Jeff, I kind of did it. He's yeah, like, that's right. You did reach out. You, you, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, um, yeah, I do. Well, let, let, let's not, let's not like, you know, have dwell, a pissing contest. Right dwell now, in the right? past. Let's just, uh, let's just get Josh Matthews and uh, we do it as a team because that's who we are, Dennis. We're a team. Oh, wow. Co-hosts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's nice. <laughs> um, uh, Ryan wants to know, uh, is PD out of jail yet? How is he feeling? Will he be at Slammiversary? So that's a obviously I didn't go to jail because it was a real police officer that uh, that that cuffed me. Um, So uh, he can't bring me to jail. He doesn't have the authority to do that. So no, I'm not in jail. Thank God, um, because I wouldn't want to, you know, go through all that process and bail money and everything. Um, False clues. I mean, I'd still maybe be in prison or whatever. and Slammiversary, that's a good question of how I'll be at Slammiversary. Uh, I'd like to be. Um, I'm in, uh, it's, I mean, it's in Toronto, home country. So um, that's a good question. I do not know the answer to that. As of yet, are you booked? Um, no. I mean, uh, I don't know. As a wrestler, uh, as a wrestler, no. When is Slammiversary? As, as, Next month, right? Yeah, July twenty second. Okay. Yep. At the I think it what's it called the Rebel Center or the Rebel Complex or Rebelplex or something like that. Um, Rebel Yell. Shots of it when they yeah, Rebel Yell. Um, yeah, the shots of it when they do a promo package it looks phenomenal. I've never been there before, but I'm I'm excited to see it. And the TV tapings afterwards on the twenty third and twenty fourth will also be there, from my understanding. All right. And finally, someone asked me if you've seen the. The video of Elmo doing the Canadian Destroyer. Do you know who that was and what are your thoughts? Yeah, that was me. I, I go around dressed up as Elmo because nobody wants to see Petey Williams. So I dress up as Elmo doing the Canadian Destroyer, uh, both on the mat and off the top rope. So obviously I don't know who it is. Um, and yes, I've seen it. And so much so where I have friends that are uh, non-wrestling fans there but no like i'm pd williams i do this move called the canadian destroyer they know what it looks like but that's their extent of what they know about wrestling and they'll see something on facebook because it goes viral or whatever of elmo doing a canadian destroyer and they'll be like hey uh pd um did you like dress up as elmo and do the canadian and i'm like i know what you're talking about no that was not me and they're like oh okay because i was wondering why you would dress up as elmo and i'm like yeah no so yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny to me. And, you know, if you look at uh, – I was reading some of what happened on Lucha Underground too, and I know Pentagon Jr. works there. And, you know, he just did the Canadian Destroyer on uh, on Lucha Underground as well. So, I mean, every, everybody, including Elmo, is doing it now. I want to see who's going to do it next. Now, wait, do you take – I know you're very protective of it. Sometimes you mm-hmm. play like, ah, you know, it's okay. But I know sometimes it bothers you a little bit. And, and, you know, it's, it, maybe it depends on the case or the scenario where you are. But now that you guys have a working relationship with Lucha Underground and everything's been taped well in advance for Lucha, does it still, but honestly, does it still kind of chap your, your behind a little bit that this guy is using your move and now he's kind of in both companies? It, it would make me mad. It, be honest no. here. Come on. No, it, it'd be nice to be like, oh, if he said to me, oh, PD, I use your move on, uh, you know, when, when I wrestle and on the indies and stuff. Um, but then again, it's it's so much different, like Lucha Libre style in Mexico. Everybody does everybody's move. It's not like in the, the U.S., Canada, everywhere else in the world. It's like, oh, well, that, that's that guy's move. Once somebody does it, yeah, they could be the first person to do it, but every other wrestler is going to start doing it now. So it's just it's it's weird um, down there the way it works. There's no like, so there's what, no there's no like that's that guy's move. So you're telling me then if you're watching Lucha Underground 
And now, Lucha Underground might be different because it's well, like I, televised and stuff. I'm talking on. like AAA, CMLL. Hang on, on. You, I'm just I'm mm-hmm. and let's say someone like uh, who's Son of Habit? Is it Matt Cross or? Yep, yep. Let's say Son yeah, of Havoc. Yeah, Doug Tony, Matt Cross. Yep. Son of Havoc starts doing it, the Canadian Destroyer, and now he's showing up in Impact. Do you have more offense then? Not just not because your friends or you know him. But because he doesn't, he's not from the the, the luchas, luchador lifestyle where it's a little bit more accepted. Where, you know, he darn well knows what he's doing, and he comes from the American Canadian uh, wrestling culture where he knows he's kind of ripping that off now. Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of stopped caring. Like, I don't know how many years ago. Well, I don't uh, know. I'm trying I to get you caring. to tell me you I care. I stopped caring a little bit. It's just. It, it's it's cool to me because like I didn't see this last episode of um, Luch Underground, but I, I kind of skimmed through the results to see who's showing up because it's a new season. I want to know who's involved and all that kind of stuff. And I saw Pentagon Junior. Don't remember who he worked. Um, and I'm going through, and it's like, uh, okay, what's the finish? Who goes over here? Um, and it's like, oh yeah, he hit the Canadian Destroyer followed by a package pile driver. And it's not like they're calling it like the. The, the the penta destroyer the penta driver or whatever they want to call it you know when people are like writing these results they're calling it the canadian destroyer so it's 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 cool like almost like the german suplex obviously somebody did the german suplex for the first time ever maybe they called it the german suplex and that was his finishing move and now they're forever calling it a german suplex so i think from now on forever it's just gonna be called like a canadian destroyer that's just what it's called so, I mean, to me, at first, like a while ago, I might, like, I was a little upset. Like, what's he doing doing my move? Now I'm like, yeah, everybody do it. I mean, it, at, at this point, I'm like, people know where it started from and, you know, what it's called. And, uh, yeah, the, the Canadian Destroyer. That's what it is. Come on. Look, it's just you and I here. Admit it. It bothers you. Don't lie to me anymore. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to the fans. Tell me, yes, it kind of does. No, uh, come no, on, it doesn't. Petey, like Petey. if they come on, if they did it in what? Impact on the same company I wrestle for, then yeah, it would bother me. Um, but if you're in a different organization, I mean, I don't have pull. Like, oh, like I, I don't work for every organization. Like. And we've been like through this before. Like Adam Cole used to do the Canadian Destroyer, like in Ring of Honor and stuff. Like it's been done in every single company except for WWE, um, which I'm waiting for that to happen. You know, so what? Um, yeah, if it's as long as it's not like on the same show as me or the same company I'm working for, um, then yeah, I mean, do it. What? Whatever. Elmo's doing it now, man. How can I be mad at Elmo? The easy. Easy gimmick infringement. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Let me ask you this then. Have you ever stole someone's finishing move who has stolen your Canadian destroyer? Um come on. No. Dude, stole somebody's finishing move that no. You've you've watched a show and someone's doing your Canadian destroyer and you're like, you know what? Screw this. I'm, I'm gonna doing, do his move. I'm doing the the you know the blockbuster no but you, um, you, you you see what i'm saying i think maybe it's time that you you fight back don't be don't oh, be I a sissy. Start stealing their moves what is pentagon jr's finishing move uh it's it's like this it's called the penta driver so it's like it's actually a penta driver so i don't even know why he does a package he has like so many moves he does a canadian destroyer <laughs> uh a package pile driver which like uh kevin owens used to do that when he was kevin steen um he made that one like pretty well known like that's his move and uh the one he's been using on impact is i think it's called the penta driver it's kind of like a half nelson and uh, like uh he grabs one leg and he like kind of picks the guy up and then Almost ends in like a hoovy driver. It's hard to explain. Just watch this week's impact. He does it um, at the end on uh, Jake Christ. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 
I, I guess I could do that <laughs> if I wanted to. You you've let me down. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, oh, it's so tough. Like when you have TV, like that means he would have to do the Canadian Destroyer on Impact, and then I would have to, you know, acknowledge it, and then we would go into a feud from there. Like, uh, it, it's tough. I know what you're saying, Dennis. It's just, it's it's tough to establish. I've seen you unless you you know you're doing it on an episodic weekly television show. I've seen you get more upset with a radio personality for stealing one of our segments of porn <laughs> oh, star I, I or wrestler that. than you're getting upset with someone stealing your your you know dessert money, your kids' uh, community college fund. No, nobody steals that. I would get more upset over that. Just, that's that's personal now. Yeah, is there anything else since we put it? Well, this is a long time since we put one over an hour. So, uh, yeah, there was there was one other thing, and I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Oh, uh, quickly, it, is it WWE has signed a uh, contract to work with? Is it uh, Noah over in Japan, Pro Wrestling Noah? Oh, they're gonna have a working relationship with them. Yeah. That's interesting because we had a working relationship with Noah just recently. Um, Eddie Edwards was uh, like the Noah, whatever the equivalent of the Noah heavyweight champion is. And um, Ishimori, who uh, was our X-Division champion for a while. Um, so we kind of had a working relationship with them for, for quite some time. So this, this is interesting um, if it's true. Um, Noah's been at one point back, oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe 10, 10, 15 years ago, somewhere around that time, Noel was like at the time, uh, the, the, the top company in Japan at the time, um, new Japan kind of like took a step back. Now, obviously new Japan's a top company in Japan, but, um, you know, it used to go like, Oh, all Japan was a little bit for a while and new Japan, then Noah started creeping up and they were there for a while, but then something happened years ago, they lost their TV contract and they just kind of never recovered. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I don't know much about it, but uh, yeah, I know Noah's a, a really good company, or at least used to be. Uh, in a shocking twist of events, Dave, uh, Dave Meltzer revealed in his Wrestling Observer newsletter today that WWE is entering into a partnership with Ch- Japan's pro wrestling. Noah seems uh, a similar alliance to evolve in the U.S. and progress in the uh, ICW in the U.K., uh, as press time, Noah hasn't uh, got a show booked until August 29th, but shortly after that day, September 1st, Noah is throwing its 20th anniversary show in honor of the three-time GHC heavyweight champion. Uh, I'm not even going to try that name. Uh, <laughs> Marka Fuji? I don't know. Uh, uh, is, it, is, it, is it Marafuji? Yep, sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. He made his debut in 1998. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so there you go. Huh. Okay. We'll I'll have to read more up into that and see how that goes. I mean, I mean that'd be good for WWE. It seems like they're kind of doing the same thing. Like, they got Evolve, which is, even though NXT is like kind of their farm system, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, Evolve kind of is, too. You know, so once you go, oh, this guy's good. Okay. We have a really working relationship with them. Let's get them signed to NXT. And you've seen guys on NXT or even in WWE. Oh, they work in Evolve show. Like they kind of have that work relationship. And then now they get to do it across the seas in Japan. So hopefully, well, not hopefully, but, you know, their goal is to probably, you know, get all the good talent from Japan. It's almost like they're kind of taking over the world, I guess. Oh, there you go. Uh, PD, let's let's put each other over and promote. You go first. All right. Um I'll put myself over. Well, that's I don't, I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't. Like uh, me. I. You can find me on Twitter at IPD Williams. Wow, is that it? That's the best that's you got, it, man. That's that's where you can find me. Uh, um, and you can see all the Canadian Destroyer gifts there, and all the stuff that I retweet of Dennis's. <laughs> that's just, that's essentially it. You need to be more. You you need to be I, your I own do. man. I do, man. You know, and here's the thing with Twitter, man. I'm like. Do I want to get involved with a uh, man? You know, just the so political correct world we live in now. I'm like, 
it's almost better if you just like, oh yeah, I'll just retweet this. That way you don't you don't have to like offend anybody. But maybe I should just start offending people. I mean, what what, what does it matter? I don't know. I, I, I yeah, just, I'm right. waiting for you. To Anyways, quit IPD Williams. Okay, you good? You done with that one plug? I'm, I'm, yeah. All right, you can go over and follow me at Dennis Seven Seven Farrell. Go over to Facebook and like the Wrestling Perspective podcast uh, Facebook page. There were community where you can ask questions, talk to us, and all that junk. Uh, go over to the website WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can listen to the podcast there. You can listen to this one or the Dudcast with James Ellsworth, the newly WWE James Ellsworth, that is, who does his podcast with myself on Tuesday nights. You can get both podcasts on one feed. Uh, you can go over to iTunes Wrestling Perspective podcast, uh, subscribe, rate five stars, leave a comment. Uh, it helps us move up the rankings. So go do that now. And if you don't have it, you can go over to the website and find uh, just about any place you get your podcast. That's where we are, and all the links are there. How's that? Did I do all right? Yeah, you did great. Do you read a script or something? Because there's no way. I mean, I know that stuff. There's just no way I'd be able to remember that and like ramble it off like you did. All off the top of my head. That's great. I know. I know. <laughs> that is great. All right. We're going to send you guys home happy. There you go. That's this week's Wrestling Perspective. Petey, we'll see him next week. All right. Bye.